0: You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey y'all, it's episode 211 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. And uh, sorry for the noise, uh, it, is, it is the bike in Ocean City, and this is basically what this basically what every day is for us. If we're trying to have phone conversations, or we're trying to sleep, or basically anything. This is just in the background at all times. So I just I figured I would give you a little taste of what life is like here on the Maryland shore for the last several days. And I gotta tell you, I love motorcycles. Anyway, enough of that. So. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, first off, um, if you would not rush me, I appreciate it. I would mention the sponsors. That's panhandle3d.com for 3D printed terrain. And the 10% code is podcast10. And then gameat.eu for pre-painted resin terrain and neoprene mats and STL files at gameat.eu podcast... No, I'm sorry. Event10 is the 10% off for that. So... Now that I have gotten that out of the way, what are we actually talking about? Well, we are talking about the hashtag Faces of Warhammer trend, I guess, on social media. And what do I think about that? You've probably heard of it. Some of you probably participated in it. I don't know. But we will discuss it because I have some strong opinions of it. (laughs) Go figure. Go figure. We are also talking to Andrew in the Tesseract mailbox, and he asks several questions about proxying and Legions of Otan or however you pronounce them, and uh, what I think of those, so we get into that. And also, we have a want that or want that not for the fate of the White King, I think it's what it was called. Witch King. Sorry, Witch King. What's there between a Witch King and a White? I feel like they're similar, like an undead, whatever, I don't know. So, it's a Lord of the Rings diorama, and whether or what I want that or not. So, what have I been up to, you ask? Well, I've been playing Warhammer 40k this week at the club with uh, James and Kendra, and we teamed up. Uh, Kendra and I teamed up uh, her orcs and my Grey Knights versus James's Demons of Zinch. And we did another uh, narrative game, a casual narrative game, and it was so much fun. And uh, we also did the random deployment again. So basically that kind of told us what the objective would be, depending on how we deployed. And basically, even though it was a six-foot board, um, James deployed in the far corner, and we deployed in the very center. So basically we decided, okay, we're going to try and take out his one leader on disc. I forget what it's called. Is the guy with the moon head for Zine. She's a caster, and he's got um, two... Of the Screamers pulling him on a disc. I forget what that is. But we basically had to kill him by the end of turn 5. To see if um Yeah. apparently he's doing a a ritual or something we decided and by the end of turn five he will have succeeded so we have to kill him by then and of course he benefited from lookout sir and all that as well kendra had a bunch of bikes and fast stuff a bunch of truck boys and whatnot so she drove around into his backfield and hammered him from over there my gray knights are slower so we hammered him from the other end and we slowly consolidated and just munched through his army and uh, uh, we eventually did kill him. We did on turn four, I think. We finally got to him. A couple times he made some mistakes. He got out of the lookout sir, and we were able to to uh, hit him with a las can or something from my venerable dreadnought, and we got him down a couple hit points. He also messed up one time and gave me a small pocket in his backfield to deep strike some of my strike squad, which is pretty cool. So um, that even though we failed the charge and then he ate our lunch on the next turn, it was still very, very fun. So on the very last turn, when we were sure that we were going to kill him, we decided, well, this is a narrative game, right? So I asked Kendra if it was fine with her that, hey, uh, why don't we give him a chance to try to run? He moves like 14 inches on that disc anyway, but that wasn't enough to get away from us, even if he ran. So we're like, fine, roll 3d6 and that's your run and see if you could actually hop over us and see if we could kill you on this last turn after you ran so far away. And um, he ended up running. He didn't roll that great for 3d6. And um, we decided that we would have killed him anyway. So, um, But it was, it was very, very fun. No stratagems. No command points. No victory points. We had a goal. He was trying to stop us. Bada boom, bada bing. It was a ton of fun. I have completely reinvigorated my love for Warhammer doing just narrative games and I am having a blast and we're trying to slowly indoctrinate our group to do it as well. So, um, this was Kendra's first time doing something like that and she seemed to like it. So, um, what else have I been up to? Well, um, I finished like my, oh my God, like my fifth run through of editing for my short story compilation for brutality tales from the brutal. And, uh, I have read through it so many times, and had people read it so many times. I ended up getting um, three proofreaders to write reports on all the stories, and then I would go through each individual story and read what person A, person B, and person C said about this story, and then decide how much of it I believe. Because everyone has their biases, even including myself. Um, but ultimately, I'm the you know I'm the final decider of what should go in the story or not. So uh, most of their suggestions, I mean, the the 80% at least I took a few of them. I was like, eh, I don't really agree. But um, I poured through all 20 stories again and made one final copy and it just shipped today. So I'm waiting to get it and then I will read through the whole freaking 150 pages again just to make sure everything is good and then it will be for sale. Um, I'm not anticipating any major changes or anything like that. This will be like for grammar, punctuation and all that. So that's what I've been up to trying to crank that out. I finally, now that work is slowing down a little bit, I've got, um, I mean, we're still busy, but I'm not 70 hours anymore. And um, now I have a little more oomph to start being creative and working on creative pro- uh, projects again. Because the last couple weeks, man, I've been totally burned out. I had no energy to do anything in my after after work time. So, uh, what else? I also am starting an RPG, a watered-down RPG for my two youngest, and I'm very excited about that, and um, we're putting a lot of effort into it. I'll probably cover that some other time, because we haven't done our first session yet. We're probably going to do it tonight. And um, the thing that's interesting that has happened to us this week is that an immigrant family basically robbed my wife at a county fair <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even lying, uh, robbed is kind of a, I should say stole from, not actually robbed. You know, robbed makes you feel like they approached her and like frisked her and took everything. It's not exactly what happened, but, um, this happened just yesterday and she was at the, the county fair and she was, she had a bunch of bags and stuff, a bunch of supplies to do like, they had like a kid's Olympics she was running where they would do the, you know, like the egg and the spoon, um, what's it called marathon or whatever where you hand it off to your your buddies and uh they had a bunch of other stuff like that well she's standing there like 50 or 100 feet away from where all her stuff was sitting on the ground and some woman comes up to her and goes hey uh i i think that family just took everything that was in your your bag for your games and she's like what so Cronette runs over there and sure enough all her bags they left her grocery bags that had all of her plates and cups and and forks and all the things they were gonna do for those games they just left the bags on the ground and walked away so she found the the family and they were like a eastern european like a romanian something like that and um she goes everything goes hey uh you you've got my stuff she could see it sticking out of their bag and their bags were full of all her stuff and she's like hey i i need that and they're like "Oh, oh we need for lunch we need for lunch she goes, no, I need it for games. And they go, oh, no, speak, no, speak, and kept trying to walk away. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I need my stuff. And I, I give her credit for that to hunt them down and get it. And she just starts grabbing their stuff, her stuff out of their bags. And I'm like, they didn't get violent? Because, you know, normally when a thief is caught, then they get angry about it. And she's like, no, they didn't really resist. They just kept saying, oh, we need for lunch. But they didn't take some of the plates. They took the entire package of plates. They didn't take some of the cups. They took all of her cups. They didn't take some... I mean, like... Like, come on, man. Um, so, yeah. And uh, then she said when she was reaching in their bag to take the stuff out, she also saw another set of plates still in the wrapper. And those plates match another booth. So they're just going around just taking stuff. And they're like, oh, we need for lunch. She's like, no. So she ended up giving them some. She's like, here, here's some plates. Here's some cups if you need for lunch. But you, you I need them as well, and they're mine. So... Uh, They also said that, you know, how like booths will give uh, like free pens and stuff like that. They would go up to one of those booths if they were unattended and just dump the entire container of pens or little hand sanitizers or whatever, just dump the whole thing in their bag and walk away. I'm like, good God, what are you doing with 150 pens? Like, really? Are you going to sell it somewhere? I mean, (laughs) who needs all these? I don't know, man. But then they claimed, oh, no speak, no speak. She's like, well, I'm sorry you don't speak, but I need my stuff back. So I thought that was pretty funny. And I gave her credit for actually getting her stuff back because that's, that's like super awkward. She said she felt bad. And I'm like, yeah, I, I totally get where you would feel bad. But on the other hand, are you the one in the wrong? No. So, I mean, you know, that's how that works. Anyway, and finally, thank you to my Patreon patrons uh, for supporting the show. I love you and I will smooch all of you. And lick your fingers when I see you next. I <laughs> I will get on to the next segment now. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Well, apparently this is Tesseract mailbox, or so I've been told. And we have a letter at pimpcron at gmail.com from multi-shore hammer champion and I think this is the reason why he likes to write in. Andrew is like all humble about it in person but I think he likes me to say multi Shorehammer champion grand champion. Anyway I'm just kidding with you Andrew. He writes in hey pempcron Pimpcron every episode with no email makes me sad. Oh I'm sorry Andrew. So questions of the week. How do you feel about converted models in a tournament? Okay there's there's several questions he has here, so I'll take them one at a time. I have some older models and made molds of the weapons from the current versions, so they blend in. Dude, that is awesome. I was going to ask you how you did that. He sent a picture. That is pretty genius, and I'm all on board for that. Psst, don't tell everyone. My army is a secret. Assuming the bases are the same as current models and similar sized, how do you feel? I mean, you should know by now. I love kit bashing. I think as long as it the weapons look vaguely like what they should be, you know, like I think an auto gun and a las gun, being that they have the same profiles, then I think that's fine to to proxy or or whatever. You know, I think um you could do whatever you want to make it cool and make it flavorful. So I'm I'm all for. Uh, converting models, and in a tournament, as long as your opponent can look at it and tell what it is, then I have no problem with it at all. And that's our policy at Shorehammer. They just have to run it by us and send us a picture to be like, "Hey, here's my proxy, or here's my whatever. Is this okay?" And um, more often than not, I've had to turn away some things, but more often than not, everyone's only up and up. They try hard enough that you're like, "Okay, I can definitely see that. You know, you bought a third-party melt-a-gun but it still looks enough like a melt-a-gun that that's fine." So uh, he sent a picture and I guess I'm not. He says, don't tell everyone my army is a secret. So I don't know if the picture is his army for this year or not, but I'm just going to be real vague about it. And I'm going to say that he took old models and used new bits that he cast himself to convert them to the new version of their model. And they look really, really good. I was actually wondering how he did that um, prior to reading the email. I was looking at the picture going, oh, wow, I guess he bought bits and did that. But nope, he made like a two-sided mold and he pressed it. And I just think that's genius. I think that's really cool. I And those models don't get any use anymore. The old models he's using that he, he upgraded to the new version, um, they don't get any use anymore. Nobody gives them any love. But I think it's fantastic. So kudos, Andrew. You did a good job. Atta boy. his next question is also leagues of volt votan yay or nay i know you have a squat army already you subbed for space wolves are you feeling like switching to new models perfect <laughs> perfectly personally not a fan of dwarves in aos nor 40k but i don't hate their looks andrew for some reason i remembered him having more questions in this it's <laughs> come to mind as just two questions <laughs> You know, you're right. I do have a proxy, a Mantic Forgefather's um, Space Wolf proxy army that was my dwarves. And I still have them. I've not played with them in quite some time, but I do still have them. The Leagues of Votan, I guess is how you pronounce that. uh, They do not really strike me as much as I had hoped they would. They look cool. I do think most of them look pretty cool, and I'm happy they didn't go with the goofy, round, pot-bellied dwarves, because a lot of times in Age of Sigmar and in Blood Bowl, they go with the cartoony, you know, like um, David the Gnome-style pot-bellied, fat, you know, dwarves. And they're kind of, like, more designed comically than realistically. And I'm glad that the new uh, Votan models... uh, have a a different look to them. They have a beefier look. They're slightly taller than you would expect them to be. They're in power armor. I think it's neat. It does not grab me in any way. That being said, I never say no to any army indefinitely. So I may end up getting them one day if the idea strikes me. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep playing my dwarves as space wolves. um, If I even continue to play with them. I have not played with them in probably a year. And I'm kind of iffy on whether or not I'm ever going to use them again. And, um, there really is no resale value because they're Mantic Forge fathers and I've converted them with 40k bits to be the proper weapons and all. So they're really, I mean, you'd have to find a special buyer for that. The gaming club, as I've said before, have a lot of space marine players. So I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. I sold my space marines except for a few celestial lions I use for skits. And, um, I don't know. I just don't know. So, uh, overall I think the Votan stuff looks better and better the more and more releases they've they've clearly released the most mundane stuff first and then they're getting into the cooler and cooler stuff I love their turtle van I think that's a really cool looking thing. Um, I don't even recall all their releases and matter of fact as soon as they are released for order I'm sure they'll be in my want that or want that not but um I do I do think that they are completely adequate these new models are totally. Adequate. I just don't think they're like fantastic or anything, but we'll see. I do hear their weapons have some nasty stuff, so there's your power creep, people. Anyway, thank you for writing and Andrew. And yes, we did not have any letters, I think, for two weeks, which is the longest we've ever been without letters. So thank you for writing and Andrew. And thank you for when you see a problem, you give me the solution and you write in. That's what I like to see. Thank you very much. Let's get on with it. Want that or want that not? Well, look at the time. It's time for want that or want that not? Ah! And I'm your host. This is the Pimpcron, and today we're covering Final Fate of the Witch King, which is a made-to-order little diorama set for lord of the rings and it is featuring the final moments of the witch king immortalized what's that mean well if you ever saw the movies um the dude some of you are gonna gonna hate me so bad for not knowing these names but the woman and she's like he's like no man can kill me and she's like i am no man and she stabs him right in the dick do you remember that it was right i mean down the, down the shaft is where it went it was, uh, it was, now actually I have the unrated version of Lord of the Rings, so I don't know if that ended up in the, uh, but imagine just taking a hot dog, just take like a kielbasa, right? And well, his was about half the length, so about half of a kielbasa, okay? And you, then you take like a short sword and you just slide it down into the tip and then all the way to the hilt, Okay. Um, that's basically what happened in the uncut version, the unrated version of Lord of the Rings, and uh, I don't know what it was in theaters, but it's a pretty cool scene. And they—they they, uh, you can tell that it was not CGI. It was not a CGI uh, Witch King phallus. It was actually like a uh, practical effect, which is cool. I guess it got like a rubber silicone mold or something. Um I don't think it was a real Kiabasa to be honest with you. I think it I think it was probably like molded. Um it had like purple veins. It was a weird it was a weird thing that I mean they they (laughs) they lingered on it. I mean the camera just you just see this skewered phallus, right? And the witch king is like, Oh my god, my junk and she's like, I am no man and then he's like, Oh neither am I Oh, dumb. All right. Well, (laughs) the uh, final fate of the Witch King before she stabs him in the dick is what this is. And he's got a sword and there is a severed head of a, and you're going to screw me for this too, Wyvern. I think it's a Wyvern he was riding. I don't know, man. The severed head of his dragon thing. And he's in black robes, which is a miracle she ever found as foul as to, to skewer it. And he's got his helmet and yeah now you know what the witch king looks like you know, not a single one of you does not have not a single one of you does not have okay uh I guess that checks out not a single one of you does not have a witch king bikini poster in your bedroom uh, so anyway the lady stabs him this is like the moment where he's swinging his mace and she blocks it with a shield and it's right before she expertly impales his manhood and it's pretty neat and there's like now I always thought it's not shown in the movie but there is a hobbit right I forget which Mary I think it's Mary behind him I don't know the one that was chilling with the woman in the movie okay I'm not a big Lord of the Rings person I like the movies and all never read the book so you cut me some slack Uh, if this was Star Trek I'd know who he was okay that's Nog in the background anyway I'm pretty sure he like reached up through the cloak And like, lined it up, lined up the shot for her. Like, he reached between the white's legs and cradled it and aimed it. And then, when she was like, kind of like if one friend is holding a sheath and the other hand, the friend is like trying to line up the sword to put it in the sheath, it's sort of something sort of like that. I think I've botched this review of this model, frankly. Well, it's $60, it's a diorama. It's the last moments of him right before she does that iconic line that I'm certain was not in the book. Pretty positive it was not in the book. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I really wish when she's like, I am no man, he'd be like, bitch, you are being pedantic. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. I meant human. I said man like mankind, like man is a race, you idiot, okay? But, obviously, you're part of that race, right? You nimbecile. Okay, then. Well, don't get pedantic with me. I'm an undead witch king, okay? Don't get pedantic. And then she skewered him. That's that's my headcanon, personally. Because it's just stupid. So, you like, legitimately, you're, you're telling me that it's one of those be careful what you wish for things. He's got this, like, you know, prophecy or whatever where no man can kill him. And then no one ever thought to maybe train some women to go fight this dude. Like, come on! I don't know. No man. Well, what about a prepubescent boy? How about that? How about a nine-year-old? You get a legion of nine-year-olds. Get a bunch of Rohan nine-year-olds. Train them to just kamikaze him. Give them a bunch of um, spears and just have all these elementary school children just kamikaze the Witch King. and when he's like, no man can kill me. They're like, ha ha, we just learned algebra and just stab him. Like that's that is. I wonder. I wonder who's gonna rules lawyer that with the magician you know who's going to be like oh the no man well guess what i accidentally bought a giant scorpion i'm going to ride into battle because clearly the giant scorpion tail is a no man right so if he stabs the witch king well then clearly he'll still die because it's just men and don't even don't even get me into the identification stuff like what if what if this woman did identify as a man then then what? The ma- See, I don't think they really thought this through. Whatever the prophecy or the enchantment where no man can kill him. I don't know, man. Is a hobbit technically a man? Is it really? Because, I mean, it's a male, right? The um, Mary or whoever was behind him is a male. But is it a man? Is an adult hobbit a man? I don't know. I don't have that answer for you. And frankly, I don't think the Witch King does either. I don't. So... If I were them, I would have trained every woman, child, hobbit, monkey, giant scorpion, whatever. I would have trained everything that's not a man and my dudes would just be sitting on the porch like watching the battle like, yep. My wife's out there fighting for her life. <laughs> and so are my kids. Oh, they they took my uh took my prized pet giant scorpion out there. I hope I hope they get I hope one of those things is not covered under the insurance of his prophecy, right? At some point, when he dies, the witch king does die, he's got to go to, like, to the afterlife, and he's going to run into some sort of god or whatever, and then he's like, wait, it said no man can kill me, and then it's like he's trying to make an insurance claim, and the god's like, oh, but it said no man, mm-hmm. and it twirls its mustache, I don't know. So, this is a diorama, <laughs> Right before he is skewer have you ever shoved a, a a hot dog on a skewer to roast it over a fire? <laughs> I'm lingering on this because I feel like this would be very uncomfortable for many of you. So I just thought it was I I just like lingering on uncomfortable things. Yo, do I want this? It's 60 bucks. Absolutely not. Sixty dollars? You can go F yourself. I don't I do not want a sixty dollar diorama of this. Does it look neat? I mean, sure. It's got Merry or Pippin or whoever's in the background. It's got the Witch-king and it's got the the woman who is no man apparently. Uh she's there. She's blocking his mace shot. I mean, it's it's neat. Uh $60 neat? Absolutely not. And I'm not really a big diorama person. I don't know what you do with a diorama. So it just sits on a shelf somewhere. And honestly, the if you look at the scene, there's not even much that you could it I mean, even if you painted it to a fantastic standard, right, it's still just going to look kind of okay. It's not, like, super dramatic. It's not super action-packed or fluttery or, like, even his robes are, like, hanging down pretty straight. And her cape, even though she's, like, swinging and blocking, her cape is kind of, like, you know... A little bit in the air, but it's nothing nothing to write home about. I mean, usually if I see a cape that's, like, really fluttering, I'll be like, dear mom, today I saw such a fluttering cape. It was magnificent. Normally I would do that, but this is nothing to write home about. If I, if I wrote about this, my mom would be bored. Normally she's on the edge of her seat about uh, fluttering capes. But anyway, this is absolutely a, a want-that-not-for-me. I could see some Lord of the Rings fans wanting it, but... Mm, no that's not a it's not a thing the old pimp Cron wants anyway i had fun i hope you guys enjoyed this segment and uh i guess we'll get on to the next one but seriously mary just held the shaft and she just like put the tip in the hole and then just slipped now it's time for real talk with pimp Cron. Well, this is The Real Talk with the PimpCon, I do believe, and today I am going to be discussing the hashtag Faces of Warhammer movement. What is this new hashtag trend, you say? Well, it is an excuse for a lot of people to share selfies of themselves on social media, and usually they're holding a model or something to prove that they're in the hobby, and it's a picture of their face, and the idea behind this is, is To show all of the different types of people that are into Warhammer men and women and uh, everything else, um, all races and economic levels, and all of that, all around the world. So, what am I gonna say about this? Right? I'm sure you're, you're wondering, you're like, what's Pimpcron's take on this? Because Pimpcron doesn't usually like social media trends, Pimpcron doesn't like selfies. Actually, Pimpcron hates selfies. And if he sees people taking selfies, he usually lights them on fire. I know that's what you're saying, and that is all true. But I find myself very much on the fence about this project, this hashtag Faces of Warhammer project. And the reason being is that I'm constantly struggling with my cynical side and with my just-let-people-do-what-they-want side. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Okay, so... I guess what I'm really trying to say is that inside me are two wolves and one of the wolves wants to tell all of the people that are participating in the face faces of Warhammer to just fuck right off because I don't want to see their face. That's that is one wolf inside me. OK, the other wolf is slightly more accepting of all of this and goes, hey, you know, it's a good idea, whatever that wolf is kind of a wimp. But yes, both the wolves are inside me and they're fighting for dominance. So, first off, let me start by saying that I think this is arguably a good movement because you do have that stigma of people, primarily white males, being in the hobby, right? And I'm sure there... Well, I mean, I know for a fact there are tons of different people from all nationalities and genders and all of that, that are in this hobby, different ages and everything. And maybe if you are a minority or somebody that's not, you know, in in the majority of Warhammer fans, maybe you do sometimes feel like you are out of the loop or you're not, I don't want to say not as welcome because I have never in my life seen any sort of racism or anything towards anybody in my personal life in Warhammer. So I know that a lot of people are going to claim, oh, it's because they're so mistreated. Well, I'm certain that does happen, but I have never seen it. So I don't think that the majority of the people that are not in the majority, if that makes any sense, I don't think that they are necessarily mistreated, but you would say, like, let's say if you're a guy and you walk into a room of, you know, 300 women and you're the only guy, you're going to feel slightly out of place, right? You're going to be like, oh, wow, I am completely different than everyone else in this room, right? Same thing with race or, or whatever. Think about it. You're, you walk, you're an English speaker, and you walk into a room of 300 Spanish-speaking people, and they all just look at you like, oh, this guy doesn't speak Spanish. You're going to feel out of the loop. That's just human nature. We're very group-oriented people, right? So I do think, in theory, this is a good idea to show, hey, there are lots of different types of people in this hobby, and yes, that we all participate in it, and it's not just a boys' club, it's not just a Caucasian club, it's not, I mean, which I think I think all of us pretty much already know that. I mean, unless you're in a very small circle of, of gamers, pretty much any of us that have ever played at a, a gaming club knows that there are many different types of people. Um From all different alignments and backgrounds and all of that that play Warhammer, now, obviously, I would say the predominant is white men, but I mean, not that that's necessarily a problem it's just that's what the general demographic is. So I do want to just start out by saying, I understand that if you are in a completely different group than the average Warhammer player, then that would make you feel not necessarily unwelcome, I don't think, but just you know it's. It's just different, you know, compared to walking into a room of all the same type of people as you. Well, then you'd feel much more welcome. So I definitely think, in theory, this is a good idea to do that. Okay, having said that, I think that this movement is just mostly cringe. And this is probably the old man in me. Okay, this is the old curmudgeon that hates, oh, I hate new technology, and don't touch me with those FAQs, and all that. That's probably this part of me talking, um, which is the much more powerful and sexy wolf inside me, I'll just say, okay, I'm just gonna throw that out there, Um, but I, (laughs) there's a lot of things I hate about this, okay? Number one, I freaking hate hashtags. I just do I think it's cringy. I think it's, you know, trendy and all that. I absolutely hate hashtags. And the only time that I ever have to do them is I legitimately have to use them in Instagram or YouTube for my comedy videos because I, you know, I'm trying to get people to see them. So unfortunately, that's a necessary evil I do have to deal with and I do slightly participate in. But you'll notice... If any of you know me on Facebook or in real life or whatever, I do not use hashtags. I've got some friends that will use, they'll take a picture of their bare feet on the dock at the lake, and they'll be like, just chilling on a Sunday, hashtag Sunday, hashtag chilling, hashtag dock, hashtag bare feet, hashtag feet, hashtag no socks, hashtag sunny day, hashtag lake, hashtag water, hashtag large body of water, hashtag wooden dock. Hashtag no composite board here. Hashtag no boat but having fun. Hashtag... I mean, they will just, they will just do it. And it'll just be a paragraph of hashtags. And I'm like, for real? Oh, God, I hate that. I find it so cringy. Okay, so now that I've offended some of you because you're at, uh, adamant hashtag users, um, I just find the whole hashtag thing... And the, and the fact that people get behind this hashtag stuff... I hate the monkey see monkey do mentality of a lot of the, uh, of humanity. Right? They're like, oh, oh, I see hashtag. Oh, I got, I got used hashtag. He used hashtag. I used hashtag. Like, just whatever. And that goes for any of those ice bucket challenges or any of that bullshit. I hate. I just hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. No matter what your TikTok or your Instagram or your Facebook trend is, I absolutely hate it. I don't care how much good it may be doing, I hate it if it's some sort of trend that people blindlessly, uh, blindlessly, blindly follow. Actually, Just James mentioned that the other day. He's like, uh, do you ever hear of ALS or whatever that was, the Ice Bucket Challenge things from like, what, six years ago? He's like, do you even hear about ALS anymore? I'm like, no, I, I don't. It was just a trend that everyone decided they had to be part of as if getting water ice dumped on you would be any different than any other warm-blooded mammal any warm-blooded mammal is gonna go oh god that's cold ha 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 oh i hate it hate it so much hopefully this isn't coming off as too bitter because oh, i hate it so i hate hashtags and i hate internet trends right and do you know what else i hate I absolutely hate people that have to put their fucking face into every fucking picture they make every single one I follow some pretty big names in Warhammer some um, I'm not gonna give them I'm not gonna give you their names or anything but there's specifically a guy that is um, probably the majority of you are gonna know him okay and no matter what happens, he takes multiple selfies a day on Instagram. I mean, a dozen or more selfies a day, going, you know, playing, working out at the gym, going to Warhammer World, on a jog, whatever. And everything's got his fucking face in it. Everything, every single picture has his face in it. If he's showing you a model, the backdrop is his f- is his face. Like, he's got the miniature up close to the camera, but his face is in the background. I'm like, oh my god, can you be any more conceited? Like, for real, can you be? I don't know if it's possible to be more conceited than that. Ugh, I hate it. So, this trend is a culmination of everything I absolutely hate in social media. The trend chasing, the hashtag chasing, and selfies. I despise all of that. So I'm not a real big fan of this trend. In theory, I am because I think it's certainly not going to hurt anybody, right? An inclusive hashtag trend where people are showing, hey, I'm a normal person of a different ethnicity or whatever. And I participate in the hobby to show that, hey, people of different origins play in the hobby. Is that bad? Absolutely not. I think that's great. Matter of fact, I think we should do more of that But I wish there was a better way to go about it, because I hate it. Hate it so much. Now, of course, there's a lot of people online that are fuming about the hashtag Faces of Warhammer thing, and they're so mad, and they're geared more towards, like, the, um... I don't know, the political side of it, where they're like, Oh, you stupid, woke, whatever... Showing different faces and uh, and I don't really get that. I mean, honestly, sure. If you are if you're going up, if you're actively going up to my random minorities on the street and taking pictures of them and forcing them to hold a model, and they're like, "What is this?" And you're like, "Shut up! I'm gonna take your picture." And you take their picture and you post a bunch of these pictures of random strangers that don't play Warhammer and don't know what it is, and you're like, "Oh, faces of Warhammer." Then yes, that that would definitely be a farce, and that would definitely be out of line. But if you're legitimately a different type of person than the norm and you're taking a picture saying, hey, I participate too. Well, clearly there's nothing wrong with that. I think those people are are pretty ridiculous. And even me, ultimately, at the end of the day, I sleep just fine with this trend happening. Like it does not I do not lose any sleep over it. I got way too much going on in my life to worry about some TikTok trend or whatever. But having seen so many people talk about it online and me personally inside cringing real hard about the look at me, look at me mentality of all this. um, I just I just had to say something. But like I said, I don't hate it for all the reasons that most of the people online hate it for. All the people online take the more political angle and I, I don't really care about that. And I guess, and at the end of the day, if you think about it, um, you look at a bunch of these studies they're doing about the impact of TikTok and Instagram and all this on young people and old, older people as well, but young people are more malleable and impressionable. Um, there are pretty good results and studies that say that um, it is really breeding a generation of absolute narcissists where they're just in love with their own face. And, of course, then they have too high of a value on their self. You know, I, I know my worth. Okay, sure you do. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, completely being out of touch with reality. So, um, yeah, so there's there's more to it than just me cringing. I think it's actually bad for society. But what do you think? Write me at PimpCron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash PimpCron. And let me know. Chime in. Message me on Messenger. Send me a carrier pigeon. Do whatever you want. Mail me some poop. Uh, With a a message, I mean. All right. Thank you to GameAt.u for supporting the show. And thank you to Panhandle3D.com for supporting the show. And I love those beautiful, sexy, voluptuous Patreon patrons. I'll see you next week.